Well, you know, I wanted to, wanted to minister today a simple word. Uh, I wanted to start with a story about a minister that I met years ago. He used to come to the church where Pastor April and I met and got married, and uh, his name was Ken Gobb. Ken Gobb. Anybody ever heard of Ken Gobb? He was a faith preacher. I think he's still around, but years ago he was just had awesome testimonies of the goodness of God. And I love one of the testimonies that he shared. It always blessed me. He said that he was driving down the road. And what really stuck out to me about this story was he said he was driving down the road and um, stopped at an exit. And he said he stopped off I-75 in Dayton, Ohio. And that was where I lived. That's where I grew up. I-75, I for years lived right off of I-75 in Dayton. And he said that he was at Springboro Pike exit. And I was like, man, my grandmother, my mother all lived over there later on in life, moved right there. And I knew exactly where he was at. He described the exit to a T and all the stores that were there. And he said he had got off and was going into a Waffle House to eat with his family. And he said he'd been driving for a while. And he just said, I'm going to walk around. You guys go in and I'm just going to walk. He had to spend some time with the Lord. So he said he was just walking around and he, and he got something to drink and he's walking he said he heard a phone ringing this is this tells you how long ago this was a pay phone uh, anybody know what a pay phone is anymore <laughs> you probably have never used a pay phone have you camera <laughs> <laughs> younger people in here are looking at me all crazy, but uh, you know what it is. He heard a ringing sound, and it just kept ringing. The road noise was there and everything, and he thought, why doesn't somebody answer this phone? What's going on? And so he uh, kept hearing it ring, kept hearing it ring, and he thought, maybe it's an emergency. Maybe I'll go over there and see what's going on. So he walks over to the phone booth and picks up the phone, and he says, uh, Hello? And they said, I have a long, the operator, back in the day, the operator would come on, said, I have a long distance phone call for Mr. Ken Gobb. And he's like, okay, this is some kind of a joke. He's thinking, I'm on candid camera or something. And he's looking around. He lives in Washington, Yakima, Washington. And he's in Dayton, Ohio, just stops at the, off the side of the road. And he says, now... What are you talking about? I'm on a pay phone. He goes, and the operator says, is Ken Gobb there? And he's like, well, uh, yes, but, you know, there's no way. How in the world can anybody find me? And then he hears on the other end, yeah, that's him. That's him. And the operator says, is Ken Gobb, is this Ken Gobb? Yeah, yeah, finally he takes a call and says, this is a lady named Millie. And she said, I'm so glad that I got you. And he's like, what in the world is going on? She said, you won't understand. I was getting ready to commit suicide. I was just at the end of my rope. And she said, I was writing a letter and I was getting ready to, and God told me to stop for a minute. And he said, and I just started hearing these numbers and I started writing down these numbers. And then I call and she's like, is this your, are you in your office in California? And he's like, no, I don't have an office in California. My office is in Yakima, Washington. I'm, she's like, well, where are you? He's like, I'm in a payphone on the side of the road. She says, well, what are you doing there? He's like, good question. What are you doing calling me? And the whole story, so he realizes at that point. God had divinely orchestrated this whole thing. 
And he ends up praying with the lady, ministering to her. She gives her heart to Jesus. She ends up living and going on to testify of the greatness of God. And he walked away from that phone call. And he went back to his family and was like, you'll never guess what just happened to me. And the, the moral of that story that he told is that God knows where you are. Come on, look at somebody and say, God knows where you are. At every moment, every minute, God knows you. God knows just where you are. God knows just what you're going through. Um, I had a story similar. I was driving down the road. I may have told this here, but I was driving down the road, and I was just having one of those days where you kind of have a pity party. Am I the only one? I know I'm the only one that ever has one of those pity party days and thinks, well, maybe God didn't call me. Maybe I'm, I'm not supposed to do what I'm doing, and maybe it doesn't make a difference. I know I'm the only one that has those and being transparent. And I'm driving down the road one day, and I'm listening to a cassette tape. Come on, I'm, getting, I'm going back again, Cameron. Listen to a cassette tape. And I was listening to it, and it was Tim Bagwell who was preaching. Now, this is long before I ever thought Tim Bagwell would be my pastor, friend, mentor, dad. This was years before that. I just met him just in passing. And I was listening to a cassette tape by Tim Bagwell preaching. And he's saying, what God says you are, you are. Who God says you are, you are. He says, what's been written has been written. And if God writes something about you, it doesn't matter what the world says about you. What God says is what God says. And I'm li- sitting there listening. I'm thinking, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And he's talking about when Pontius Pilate wrote Jesus Christ, King of the Jews, above the, the cross. And people commented about that. And he said, what's written has been written. And then he goes on, and I'm just thinking, you know, maybe, maybe, blah, blah, blah. And he says, Eric, what God says about you is about you. And it's true. I said, wait, wait, what did he say? I went, Eric, what God says about you is true. What he said my name. He said, it doesn't matter what the devil says, what the devil tries to throw against you. When God says that Eric is anointed, Eric is anointed. I was like, when God says Eric is anointed, Eric, I'm like, he said my name. I'm crying. I had to pull over the side of the road. He's like, it doesn't matter what's going on. God loves me and he believes in me. I called April up. And I said, I said, I'm telling you, he knows who I am. He knows who I am. I, no, that was a different time. That was, I can only imagine. I wasn't dating you then. <laughs> I called a friend of mine. I know, I just threw, I just gave myself away. Called my other girlfriend. <laughs> I called somebody up. I remember saying, he said my name. And they're like, what are you talking about? He said my name. And like, who? Tim Backwell said my name. What are you talking about? And I started explaining to it. And I thought, what in the world? Now... I find out later the truth of the backstory is that Eric Smith is Pete Dosick's uh, right hand as armor bearer on chief of staff there. And he was preaching this service at Only Believe Ministries. And he was talking to Eric Smith, who was sitting on the front row. But I was just like, what in the world? What is the likelihood that he would preach the sermon I needed to hear and he would say my name? But I didn't care if it was for Eric Smith that day. It was for Eric Hant that day. And I'm telling you that God knows who who, where, and what you are.
are. Somebody that believes that ought to shout amen. And he will send the word of the Lord just when you need it. He will send the word of the Lord, whether it's from God himself, whether it's through you searching through the scriptures, whether it's someone coming up and saying, thus saith the Lord. He will send the word of the Lord just when you need it, and it will speak to the circumstance and the situation that you're in. Come on, he loves you and he knows who you are. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 through 4, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the Spirit. How many know the gifts of the Spirit? One of the gifts of the Spirit is tongues, interpretation of tongues. And when we speak in tongues, that's not necessarily for everybody else. That's between you and God. Now, there are two types of tongues. There's your personal prayer language. That's between you and God. That's a personal language. What it says right here, that um, utters mysteries in the Spirit. So you're speaking things that are working out things in your life. How many know... If you're going through something and you're in a circumstance or a situation where you just don't know. How many have ever been in a place where you just don't know? You just don't know. Romans 8, I'll get there in a minute, tells us that when we get to that place, the way we should pray is praying in the Spirit. It says the Spirit prays for you and through you with sounds that can't be understood. Deep groanings. Muttering noises that can't be understood. This is when you speak in tongues, that's for God. It's not for man unless it's interpreted. And then it says, but he who prophesies speaks to men for their... Now, how many we've all in this house, we all know prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. How many thank God for God speaking through other people and directing and giving things? But this is what it's for. Now, I've had people over my life, even since I've been in Texas, people say, you know what, this person doesn't want to come to your church. I was like, what? So they're afraid to come to your church because they think you might expose the sin that they're in. I've actually had people say that. They're afraid whenever you're preaching that you're going to come to them and you're going to say something that's going to get them in trouble. And I'm like, I would never do that, first of all, just naturally. But how many know if that ever happens, that's probably not God. Because this is what prophecy is for. But he who prophesies speaks to men for their edification. Somebody say edification. Encouragement. Say encouragement. And comfort. Say comfort. Edification, encouragement, and comfort. The one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And I want to treat you a little bit this morning. I just really felt that God had a word for us today, but it needs to be broken down a little bit. Um, God's speaking constantly. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you have need of, the Bible says. Before you even ask it, he knows what you have need of. And this is one way he speaks to us, through edification, encouragement, and comfort. Because when you're in the middle of a situation, when you're in the middle of a place, and you're just like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go i don't know who to listen to how many know there are a lot of voices trying to lead you you turn on the tv and their voices 
You turn on the internet, there's voices. You pick up your phone, there's voices. Always your neighbor, your family member, even people with the same last name. Sometimes the voices are good. Sometimes the voices are not good. Sometimes the voices are a distraction. How many know the enemy, if he can't make you bad, how many know sometimes he'll make you busy? So sometimes he just distracts you. He tries to throw things in your path to keep you from hearing from God. But a true word from God is going to come and it's going to have edification. It's going to have encouragement. It's going to have comfort. When God speaks something to you, it's going to build you up, not tear you down. Now there may be some correction there, but that correction is not going to tear you down without building you up. How many remember the sandwich technique? <laughs> I mean, everybody ever had a teacher or a coach that came to you and said, you know what, I liked how you played out there. You played hard, son. You did good. But I want to tell you, you need to practice on your running. You were a little slow whenever the... the um, Whenever the linebacker was coming in, you were a little slow. But I want you to know, hey, I trust that you're going to do that. You're going to practice on your running. And then guess what? Because you played so hard, I'm going to give you an extra bonus, whatever. And so it's the sandwich. It's two pieces of bread on the side of a hard piece of salami. And you know what? Sometimes there's correction in a word from the Lord, but it should still edify you. It should still build you up and not tear you down. And then it should bring encouragement. It should make you want to go on. It should make you not want to give up. But it should make you want to go on. How many have been to church before and you heard a message and you left out of the congregation saying, Man, I messed up so bad, I might as well not even try. I'm not going back to that church. Every time I go there, all I get is beat up. I've heard people say that before. I don't go to church anymore because I feel like I get beat up from the preacher every time I go in there. That's not the way it should be. You should leave out of the presence of God. Whenever God spoke, whenever angels showed up, whenever God spoke in the Bible, what did he say? He said, fear not. He put people at ease. He brought in and said, be not afraid. Be of good cheer. Fear not. He's saying, I want you to be comfortable. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to leave here tore down and broke down. It should be comforting. I want to take you to a story about someone I was just praying and I was like, Lord, who can you use? I started to bring out a thousand different stories, but I just wanted to key in on this one. How many remember a guy by the name of Gideon? Gideon, you know, he's the one that puts all the Bibles in the motel rooms. Come on, how many know who Gideon is? <laughs> Some of you will get that tomorrow. That's right. Come on. <laughs> he's the one that you all steal Bibles from. <laughs> But uh, Gideon was a man, he was, here he was, and his whole town is being attacked. Judges chapter 6, if you got your Bible, you can turn there. Judges chapter 6, I'm going to start reading, I'm not going to read everything, but in verse 7, Judges 6, 7 says, When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hands of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Isn't that amazing? How many know that sounds a little bit like where we are today? 
This is who I am. I'm gone. I've done things for you. I've saved you. I've delivered you. I've brought you up. I've changed your life. And all I ask is worship me and nobody else. Just serve me and nobody else. My daughter asked a question the other day. She said, if God is a good God and he's selfless, why does he want everything to be about him? This is a nine-year-old girl. I was like, Uh, well, uh, first she actually, uh, first she asked her mother, and she's like, you need to wait till your father gets home. <laughs> she's trying to give her a lecture. We need to make sure that everything centers around God, that everything's about God. And she says, well, if God's so good and nice, then why is he self-centered, basically? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> then she asked me, and I'm like, well, honey, you know, it's just, it's, it's not like that. He's, well, you know, it's not that he, yeah, it is like that. <laughs> How many know it is like that? God wants us to worship him and him alone. He says, I made you. I'm the one that brought you out. I'm the one that put breath in your body. Like my mother used to tell me, I brought you into this world and I can take care of yeah, you guys had the same mother. I brought you into this world. I can take you. I, she says, you know what? Whatever it is, you owe me. But I'm telling you, God does. He wants everything to center around him. And it's not so much just because he's selfish and he's got an ego problem. It's because he knows that the answer to everything is found in him. And if we'll remember that, that's why the Bible says, remember the Lord your God. It tells us to that. Remember him. Go back to him. Come unto me. He's the one that can change everything. And he knows that if you'll just look to me, you'll find everything you need. And he's saying, I did all this for you. And all I ask is that you worship me and don't fall into those idols. Don't worship those gods of the people you live that are around you. But what happened? They did it anyway. And then here we are. We're in trouble. The Midianites are coming in. They're taking everything. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah and belonged to Joash the Abizurite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. He's hiding out in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Another version says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Come on, say God knows where you are. Here Gideon's hiding out because he's like, I don't want nobody to find me. I'm scared. I don't want nobody to find me. I'm worried. I don't know what's going to happen. And he's hiding. You know, Gideon had a little complex. Gideon had one of those things. He was like me driving down the road saying, nobody cares about me. Maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe this isn't right. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. He's like Ken Gobb driving down the road saying, maybe God doesn't want to use me. Maybe God doesn't need me. He might be like you today and you're saying I don't know what's going on in my life everything's not the way it's going to be it didn't work out the way God spoke to me but I've got good news for you today just like God knew where Ken Gobb was just like God knew where I was just like God knew where Gideon was God knows where you are and God has an answer for you today and he says Gideon you mighty warrior what is that That's edification. The word of the Lord comes to Gideon and he builds him up right from the get-go. 
I know you're hiding. I know you're scared, but don't be scared. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. He says, I know you're scared. Don't be scared. He says, you're a mighty warrior. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're a mighty warrior. You know what I do with my babies? And, and I hold them when I walk with them and I'm putting them to sleep, rocking them, loving them. I just start speaking in their ear. I get right up, put my lips on their ear, and I just begin talking to them. You know what? You're awesome. You're amazing. I'll go down the alphabet. I'll say, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're cute. You have dominion. You are edified. Come on, don't I? You're faithful. You're favored. You're a gift of God. You're heaven's joy. Come on. And I just begin speaking that into their ear. And you know why I do that? Because I want them to know always. When they're feeling down about themselves, I want them to know who they are. And I want them to know whose they are. I want to build them up. And I want you to know that the word of the Lord, God knows where you are today. And if nothing else, he wants you to know today that you can do all things. That you are who he says you are. He wants to build you up. And somebody in here needs to hear the fact that you're not the bottom of the barrel. You're not squashed down. You're not less than. But you are a child of God. You are a mighty warrior. You can do all things. You're more than a conqueror. You are great. Come on, that's who you are you belong to God you're the head and not the tail above not beneath that's who you are and he says you mighty warrior and how many know Gideon was like huh Gideon's looking around (laughs) what you talking about Willis (laughs) and that's what he says pardon me Lord he's like excuse me he's like but if the Lord is with us then he starts saying all right Now, if the Lord is with us, why am I hiding out down here in a wine press? Why has everything gone wrong? How many in here will be honest to say, you've prayed that prayer? You've asked God that? Maybe even lately. (laughs) Come on, maybe, maybe even this week. Maybe even this morning on the way to church. Come on, he says, excuse me, Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Man. If you write in your Bible, you need to underline verse 13 because some of us have gotten to that place and you're like, man, I feel bad that I even went there with God, but I just, that's the trueness of my heart. But it's okay. He says, but Lord, if you're with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that the ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of the Midian. How many have felt that way before? Man, I trusted you. I heard all this. I go to church and I get pumped up because God's going to do this. Look what the Lord has done. I can't get a, I can't get a witness in here of what God's doing. God's going to, we're going to go into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from me. And then you get out of the house and you're like, man, I ain't got anything. Everything's gone. What in the world? And this is what happened. The Lord answered, I will be with you. Underline that. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. 
Am I not sending you? Underline that. This is the word of encouragement. He says, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? He's saying, you go and you're going to be the one to do it. He says, wait a minute. Not me. Matter of fact, you just call me a mighty warrior and I'm not even sure that you are who you say you are. And now you're telling me to go, but he's encouraging him. He's saying, you're going to go, you're going to do this. That's encouragement. And then I love the caveat he puts in there. He says, am I not the one sending you? Come on, look back over your life. What has God spoken to you to do? And when you look in the face of that thing and you feel like, I can't do this. Maybe this isn't right. And then you've got to ask the question, did God speak to me about this? If God spoke to me, then he's going to make it happen. Somebody say amen. Pardon me, my Lord, getting replied, but how can I save Israel? Now then he goes into the excuses. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. We grew up in the worst place in town. And matter of fact, I was the worst one in my family. Come on, anybody ever had that mentality? Anybody ever gone to the Lord with your excuses? When God tells you to do something, God speaks a word to you that is clear and says, now I want you to do this. Maybe I've told you to do this and it didn't work out, but now I'm coming back to you and I'm speaking again and I'm saying, this is what I want you to do. And you say, how can I do that thing if I couldn't even do this? And come on now, I can't get help in here. How can I trust you about this when I couldn't even do that? What's going on? And he says, go in the strength that I have and save Israel because I'm with you. And he says, but yeah, I'm least. I can't do this. And then the Lord gives him the word of comfort right here. And I love this. I will be with you. Hallelujah. I want you to know that whatever it is, if it's that relationship and you say, I don't even want to go back and talk to them because I know it's not going to work out. The Lord's saying, I will be with you. If it's that job and you're thinking, I can't do this. I'm not qualified. I don't have the right resume. I don't have the talents for this. He says, I will be with you. Whatever it is, know that God knows where you are and he's going to be with you. And he says, and you will strike down all the Midianites. Somebody shout all. Leaving none alive. And then Gideon says, if now I've found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that this is really you talking to me. Don't go until I'm able to bring an offering and set it before you. I love that Gideon had faith to believe that. And he says, you know what? I want to bring an offering and then I want you to just prove it. Prove it. And he does that and he goes and he brings them a meal and everything. And he comes back like the Lord's going to eat up the meals. But he's like, here, let me have you this. And the angel says, let me just show you. I'll do this. Touches it. Boom. Burns it up. Says that's for the Lord. There you go. And then he's like, man, you are God. You are God. And I love, he says, alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said, peace. Verse 23, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah in the land of the Bizarites. The word of the Lord will bring peace to you. 
And I want you to know today that God has a word for you. God knows where you are, and he wants to bring peace in your situation. Peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. How many could use peace in your finances? Nothing broken, nothing missing. How many use peace in your body? I'm tired of being out of shape, out of whack, in pain. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Peace in your mind. I'm tired of going through struggles where I just don't understand. and I, I feel like I'm up one day and down one day. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Peace in your relationships. I'm tired of every time I make a friend, I lose them. Every time I get involved with somebody, they go away. Peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. And I'm declaring that over you, that the word of the Lord is coming to you to encourage you, to build you up, to comfort you, and let you know that I'm giving you peace in the midst of a storm. How many know you can be in the middle of a storm and be asking God to rescue me, take me out of there? And God might say, we're going to weather this storm. We're not getting out of the storm. But guess what? Right in the middle of it, you're going to have peace. Hallelujah. You're going to be able to lay down. You're be able to sleep and you're going to be able to live right in the midst of the storm because God is here and he's here to give us peace. Romans 8 27 and 28. I want to read this out of the message Bible. Start with verse 26. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting. Hmm. God's spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. Come on, that's a word for Ariane right there. (laughs) He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Hallelujah. What does that mean? God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows what you need, God knows where you are, God knows what you're lacking. More than you know. And I love it. It says he knows our pregnant condition. What that means is he knows what you're carrying. Come on, somebody just put your hands on yourself. What is it that you're carrying for God? What is that dream? What is that vision? What is that promise? What is that word? What is that unction? What is that invention? What is that book? What is that new thing that you're pregnant with? What is that condition that you're saying, I've been believing, I've been trying to birth this thing. I've been trying to bring this to pass. I've done everything. I'm believing, I'm receiving, I'm sowing, I'm doing everything I can. But I just feel like it's not going to work out. God knows in your pregnant condition. He knows where you are. And he's here to edify you. To build you up and not tear you down. He's here to encourage you in that. He's here to give you comfort. Hallelujah. And when we're at the place where we don't even know what to say. How to pray. He's going to pray for us and through us. Somebody say I received that. 
Amen. He helps us in our present condition before God. And we can be sure that every detail in our lives. Now this is the thing right here. God is concerned about every detail that concerns you. If it's in the law, in the life of love for him. Now I want to clarify that. I told you I was going to preach today. Sometimes we think, I got these people that God's worried about every detail. So that means that I have to pray in the spirit every morning as to what I'm going to wear. I'm glad that I was in the spirit today when I put on these red shoes. And Brother Lynn was in the spirit too. And he put on red shoes. And Brother Cameron's got his red shirt on. Come on. See, we were, we were all flowing right there. You missed it. You should have. If you had been up praying this morning, you would have had your red boots on. April, you would have had your red pumps on if you were in the spirit. Yamil's got his red shorts on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> And I'm telling you, some people think that way. Some people get up, oh, Lord, what am I supposed to wear? Clothes. How about clothes? There's a good start. Clean clothes, yes. Yes, there's a good start. Press clothes. I'm glad I have a lady live-in that irons my clothes for me. (laughs) I just walk by with something wrinkled, and I put this sad look on my face, and my mother says, honey, let me have it. I'll press it for you. Thank you. <laughs> she is our live-in iron ironer. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's some things you don't have to pray, you don't have to ask God for. But you know what? If it has to do with your life in the love of God, how many know every detail is going to be worked out? If it has to do with the calling of God, if it has to do with what you're pregnant with, if it has to do with what God's called you to do, every detail will be worked out. God will encourage you. God will build you up when you're feeling tore down. God will comfort you to say every detail, I've got it under control. I know it. I'm working it out. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry about it. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord. If you'll just hold your peace, trust in God, he'll lead you into all truth. He will fight your battles for you. Come on. He will lead you on the path of righteousness because for his name's sake, because he's spoken it he's going to bring it to pass come on somebody and i'm telling you today god knows who you are he knows where you are he knows how to get to you come on all throughout the word we see what about saul here saul was not even serving god anti-god doing everything he could to kill christians and all of a sudden god needs him gets him and says bam right there i'm gonna come right in the middle of your mess how many are glad that god knew where you were when you were in the middle of your mess. How many are glad that when you were out doing this and that, God knew where you were. God knew how to find you. God knew how to get you. He knew where you were going to be. He knew when you were going to be vulnerable. He knew when you were going to be searching. He knew when everybody says, oh, I found God. You didn't find God. He wasn't the one that was lost. We were the one that was lost. And God found us. God's been looking for us. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro on the earth to see if there's anybody come on lord look for me god let me be found god let me be found faithful doing what you've called me to do in the life of the love of god and when you're there god knows where you are 
He's going to find you. He's going to speak a word of edification. He's going to speak a word of encouragement. He's going to speak a word that's going to comfort you. And he's going to let you know that every detail is worked out. Hallelujah. You might be watching and you're wondering what's going on in my life. Every detail is worked out. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And I want to encourage us that are here. Pray. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how this situation is going to work out. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. When you don't know what to pray, just pray. Just let whatever sounds come out. Groanings come out. That heart... (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That that heart-wrenching cry to the Lord. And what He's going to do, He's going to answer you. Hallelujah. Because He knows us far better than we know ourselves. I just see God searching for people and finding them right where they are. Finding Shama in the middle of his pea patch. Finding David in the cave. Come on, wherever you are, God knows where you are. And I want you to know he's got something for you. I was at a conference this weekend and, and um, I'll just be transparent and gut level honest. I've always been kind of a little leery of how do I want to say it? Prayer rooms and personal prophecies that people are set up to give. You know what I mean? I, I've always been kind of like, you know, because I'm, I'm Pentecostal all the way, through and through. Died in the wool, Pentecostal. And, you know, we grew up where it didn't happen until until you got a quickening, come on. Until, until the Holy Ghost came on you, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, now God's on me. Now I can prophesy. God's on me. I can do something. But you know what? That gift, the Spirit gives it as He wills. Someone say, as He wills. So if God, if the Spirit of God wills for you to have a word, how many know He can do it days before? He can do it weeks before. He can give people a word and they not even know who it's going to be for until they see them. And you think, oh, well, I thought it was just God. You know, God does things different ways. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's, so you see somebody and it's like, man, I saw you and bam, God began speaking to me. But sometimes it's like God's given me a word for somebody and I don't even know who it is, but I, I know I'm pregnant, come on, with a word from God. And it might, and when we think about this, we think, oh, I've got to have this, this, grandiose thus saith the lord god of israel isaac and jacob they and thee shall you know it doesn't have to be that it might be just this impression in your heart when you're driving to church you're driving to work and all of a sudden you just hear trust me over and over again trust me trust me trust me and you're like lord i I got you i'm and you feel like i'm okay i'm trusting you Maybe that's not for you. Maybe it's for somebody else. You begin praying. And then all of a sudden you might be going through the grocery store and you look at somebody and they're running around frantic and they're crying. And you're like, you walk, everything okay? I just, I just don't know what to do. I just got these phone calls and I got this. And, and now I lost my wallet and I don't know what to do. And you look at them and say, can I pray for you? Grab their hand. All of a sudden, what's the first thing you're going to say? I hear the Lord saying, trust me. Trust me. And all of a sudden, tears started coming down their face. Man, I needed to know that. 
See, God gave you that before you even saw them. So I, I was kind of, I've always been just a little like, ah. But I walked into this conference and I registered, I checked it, and they were like, oh, here you go. They're like, your time in the prayer room is at, oh, oh, it's right now. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, you've got this dot on your, on your time. So that means it's time for you to go to the prayer room and you can get prayer. You can get a prophecy or a dream interpretation. And I was like, like Gideon, pardon me, Lord. <laughs> what you talking about? Well, that's not, but I was just like, all right. I mean, I've been around that, but I was just always like, kind of like, eh. and so I went. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I went down to the prayer room and I was standing there in line. You know, people, they just had a line of people and they're waiting. All right, next, you know, <laughs> to get into a room. And so I walk in and I, I'm skeptical. I got my guard up. And I walk in, there's three people sitting there at a chair and they're like, go right there. And I was like, chair in front of them. I'm like, I'm not saying nothing to them. I'm just going to, you know. And I sat down and they're like, oh, so tell us your name. I'm like, you're the prophet. You tell me my name. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to say, but I was just like, no, no, my name's Eric, you know, so I sat there, and um, all of a sudden, the lady says, greatness, I see greatness, and she says, you're a man that, when you walk in a room, people notice you, people are drawn to you, they're gravitated to you, just everywhere you go, people are just drawn to you like a magnet, and, and you know, they just know where you are, they come to you, you've got favor and I was like oh, I'm pretty good I'm pretty good you know and just they said some things that were just right on the money and then she's like I see you handling now I don't I'm not dressed like a I don't have a collar order and then she's like I see you handling the word and breaking it down she's like you a teacher I was like, well, yeah. It was like, you're, you're a teacher? I said, I'm, I'm a pastor. Oh, that, that's it. That's, I do it. I do it. You know, so then they start saying some other things. And it was all right on, right on. Really good. Really blessed me. Changed my whole view. I was like, thank you, Lord. I needed that. I mean, some things they spoke was just like, bam, like God saying, you thought you could hide. You didn't think I knew where you were. You, you were skeptic. You know, all these things that getting was, but I've dialed you in. I know where you are, and I'm speaking into your life. That's how much I love you. I was blown away. And then, and this is what really got me. I'm sitting there, and I said, yeah, yeah. He says, and I just feel this, you know, in your life. I said, yeah, I said, my wife really needs that. I was like, just, just you know, when you think about it, pray for April. You know, I said, that's what she needs. And they're like, okay. And so we're getting ready to leave, and one of the people said, Cameron, you can go on up to the keyboard, too. Says, um, before we leave, can I can I pray for April? It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So you know, he starts praying for April, and then a lady reaches over and grabs my hand, and he just starts praying general prayer about my wife. Doesn't know her, never we've never seen these people in my life. And then uh, the lady goes, oh, and everything he said was just spot on. And then she says, she has a wonderful gift of mercy. She is mercy motivated. She is just full of mercy and compassion. And I just start crying because 
I mean, that's what I call her all the time. Before we even got married, you know, people in her master's commission, they would always call her Sister Mercy, Mother Mercy, you know. And I'd always say that, I'd say, oh, Sister Mercy, because she'd always be the one. Even when we were doing children's ministry and I'd forget to play a game with the kids, she'd come in and be like, oh, you promised them that you were going to do I'm like, come on, everything's over. We've had a great time. Yeah, but you promised and you gave them your word. And she'd be like, oh, there's a kid over here that didn't get to play. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody, life isn't fair. <laughs> but she's Sister Mercy, and I call her that all the time. And when they said that, it was like God just wrecked me. And was just like, you see, I can, you, you can go ahead. You see, I know where you are at any time. I know everything about you. I can find you. I can come right into your circumstance, right in your situation, and I can send the word of the Lord. And it was amazing because I started searching in the Bible how many times and everywhere it says the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came to the prophet. The word of the Lord came. And I'm telling you, right in the midst of whatever you're going through, let the word of God come to you. And receive that. And know that he's coming. He's bringing edification. He's bringing encouragement. He's bringing comfort. I, I got my phone out and I recorded those words. And I, I didn't even say anything to her. I just, I just texted them to her. And I was boom, boom. And then all of a sudden she sends back two emojis. One's a thumbs up and one is crying emoji. <laughs> tears down your face. And it's just like... Lord, he knew exactly that she needed to hear that. He knew that I needed to hear that. I'm telling you, God does that. Even Jesus, even our Lord and Savior. What happened when he goes and he gets baptized by John? What happened? The heavens open up. The word of the Lord comes. Even Jesus needed some edification, encouragement, and comfort. Because God knew what he was getting ready to go through. And he was right in the midst of, how do I handle all this? And all of a sudden, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. Mm. If our Lord and Savior needed to hear, you can do it. I'm proud of you. This is who you are. How many know we need that? 